Mm, I mean, I mean, I mean, make the bummy eat it. I think those are the words. Mm, whatever. here i know you thought i forgot about you i didn't forget about you i was just you know living my best life well yeah actually i was <laughs> i was out there living my best life um if you've been following me for a little bit um although this podcast is quite new um then you know that i was in the u.s i traveled to Alabama and Louisiana, to make it short, um, with my mother. It's a little, a little trip. We, we sort of planned after my failed attempt to go to the U.S. in February, when I, uh, when my plans were stopped by. That nasty bitch at City Hall who refused to, you know, even take my papers for um, my passport. But anyway, I won't get into that. Like, just go back a couple episodes and you'll know all about it. Um, so, yeah, I went to uh, the U.S., the south of the U.S. with my mom. And we really had a good time. Um, she loved it. She was tired. Poor thing, like we we walked a lot and we, we did a lot of things, but yeah, so she was tired. I was tired too. But yeah, we we still had a good time. We ate a lot of good stuff. Maybe a little rich. Y'all know how, you know, y'all Americans are, especially in the South. You know, buttering everything. Um but that's what makes it so good. I mean, oof. Oh, we had some. Wait. I just realized we we didn't have beignets. Did, did we have beignets? No, we did not have beignets. Uh, we went to New Orleans, but we didn't have beignets. But, well, you know, next time. Um, I wanted my mother to try them, though. But anyway, um, we had a whole lot of good stuff, uh, you know. The crawfish etouffee, um, different kinds of collard greens. Um, I had been missing that. Um, what else? The gumbo this time was not the best. Um, there's a little place in Mobile, Alabama, where I wanted to have um, some gumbo, but we didn't really have time. Um, I forgot the name of that place. It's, but the gumbo is kind of soupy there. It's like a, yeah, it's really soupy, but it's also like super hot and and dark. So I guess the roux is, is like super, super dark. But yeah, um, what else? Oh, some amazing crab, 
crab claws with artichokes. That was amazing. That was that was just butter. <laughs> butter and you know some spices and, and artichokes. Um got some crawfish fritters, got some oh grilled prawns. That was mm, that was amazing. What else? I mean, I had a whole bunch of things. Um, and I'm really glad. I'm really glad. Because, I, I mean, food is my thing. Food is comfort. Food is life. Food is, food is joy. Joy to the belly and the soul. I mean, it was amazing. Anyway, there's that. And that's also... Um, you know, the, it was also a spiritual thing for um, my mother and myself. Um, there was a whole thing about, um, like, transmission of, you know, passing the baton or not exactly because my, 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 my mom is not that old, okay? Um, she's in her 60s and... Um, so yeah, she, she, she still has like maybe, like if we look at the family tree, she still has like a good 20, 30 even years to go. So um, yeah, I mean, she's, she's still there. She's still strong. Um, and that's how we like it. But I mean, um, in terms, like symbolically, right? Um, there was some of that going on. And also... Um, hmm, I don't want to get too deep into that, but just to say that I am a practitioner of um, African spiritual traditions, right? Um, my spirituality is, is deeply anchored in in blackness and Africanness, so um, do without what you will. <laughs> um, so in in New Orleans, of course, like we had to walk around, we had to um, feel the city, and and I know, like anybody who knows, um, you know, anybody who dabbles in African spirituality knows that New Orleans is a place of <laughs> of foolishness and scams and um, you know, that's where the profiteers go to, you know, make money. And, you know, you have all these voodoo whatever for tourists and and for those who are spiritually starving and are looking for anything they can um, either attach themselves to or, or just simply to get fed because they're not getting what they want um, at home. So yeah, New Orleans is is pretty um, deplorable for that that aspect, but there are also because it's a city that does attract people who are genuine, who are um, deeply moved by spirit. If we, you know, if we want to get like super woo woo, um, because there are these people, you actually get a couple of pockets where. You know, interesting people find themselves, and um, and yeah, it's um, 
It's a beautiful thing. So I'm really glad I got to share that with my mother. That was super important to me. That was, um, I was, I was a little apprehensive, but I also knew that, um, that sharing this moment with her, um, was going to be worth everything. So yeah, and it was, it was, so I'm super happy about that. Oh, hey. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Do you do do you have some coins? Yes, because I need some coins. Um, there are two ways you can support me and support the show. Um, the first one is, you know, join me on Patreon. Um, that's where I, you know, upload some more exclusive stuff, you know, um, either like a full length episode or like, you know, things I'm not necessarily going to freely talk about on the podcast i may put them there or um like if i don't look like a bum you know i'll i'll, I'll put <laughs> i'll put some videos um up there as well so yeah i mean that's where you get some exclusive stuff but really it's it's really for support so you know you have different tiers you know how that works check out the patreon it's also two dollars just two dollars baby and then yeah, you can go up, but, you know, $2 is, is, is great. The other way you can financially support is by making a one-time donation. And you just go to the website, that's fdnpod.com, slash donate, or fdnpod.com, and you click on the donate button. And, uh, yeah, that way you'll just find a, you'll find the link. I mean, it's out there. It's, it's, it's up there. I, I've been saying this for a few times, so I, I don't like um, I don't like asking for money, you know, I, I don't like that, but there's the other thing, right, and it's supporting for free, and I love that, like, share this episode, share this podcast, talk to a friend, and say, like, hey, girl, have you heard about FT and Pod, you know, and do your, you know, the, your best French impression with the femme trans noir, you know, Femme Trans Noir. Um, yeah, do that. Do that. That's for free. Free. Absolutely free. But it helps a lot with the algorithms and all of that other stuff. So do that for me, please. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you in advance. To be honest with you, I had no intention of recording an episode today. <laughs> and... I didn't even realize how much I missed it until I actually grabbed the phone and, you know, my mic and everything and started recording. And I was like, yeah, I, I do this. And I already had like the music in my head and stuff. I'm like, mm, yeah, I want to, I want to sit down and, and, and do a little something for the people. But really what I want to do is talk about family and talk about um, parents in particular, their expectations and our own expectations when we become adults and how our transness affects all of that. And I don't know, I don't really know how to handle the topic because like I said, I I was not planning on recording, 
and I want to I want to address that with care and I also don't want to put like all my my business out there or my family's business um all I can say right now is that I love them and I know I am loved as well I am supported um, I'm really lucky in that way and so what we have and again with my, my parents specifically is something else um, in terms I think it's more I mean of course my transness does play a part in in our interactions and what expectations everybody has for each other but but I think that our relationship our relationships because it's not the same relationship with my mom and my dad that the relationships that we have are mostly um, to me impacted by blackness and um, and colonialism that's really where um, that that's really what weighs the most I believe on the relationships that we have so one quick thing for um, the hoteps the Hebrew Israelites and the Negroes in the back um, yeah that means that black trans people are you know black so yeah we we are included in the conversations about blackness about colonialism about um the oppression of black folks in general and that also affects our family dynamics right so yeah this is for y'all i'm gonna make this super 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 quick um because i don't want to get like too detailed but here's the thing so I grew up in the Caribbean on a small island which is called Guadeloupe and um, it's a French island to this day it's it's French so it's not it's not considered you know like the the US Virgin Islands well no that's yeah maybe that's different um, but it's not a protectorate. It's not, um, it's not anything that resembles, um, the Commonwealth or anything like that. It's like we are officially a part of France. It's a French overseas territory. It is, um, considered like a part of the European Union. So it's basically France. I mean, it is France. Um, so it's this island in the middle of the Caribbean um, next to Martinique and not too far from Guyana, French Guyana, which is on the continent, on the South American continent. So we are these three, what they call departments, and then um, further near the um, Indian Ocean, there's... Um, um, Reunion Island, and now you have, um, oh, Mayotte. So yeah, um, 
we have we we are these these five island not islands because Guyana is not an island but yeah you know what I mean so these these five territories which have been especially the first four um, have been heavily impacted by slavery I mean our, our history has been built on slavery maybe Guyana is a little different because they had a they still have a um an indigenous population that we lost or that got mixed with the rest of the population in guadeloupe and martinique and in on reunion island there was um there were no humans so all that to say i mean that's a, <laughs> a little history lesson um but all that to say that our cultures um, in those territories are shaped by colonialism. They're shaped by violence. Um, you know, like the like the U.S. I mean, I like to say that you know, because I hear people say making like like wanting to dif differentiate and be like, yeah, but yeah, but y'all are different. You know, um, Black American people, not all of them, of course but a certain type of black American people who think that, yeah, but y'all have a, y'all have your own culture because y'all are from the Caribbean or from Africa. So you, you have somewhere you are from. And I'm like, this is so ridiculous because in the Caribbean islands, I mean, we were just one stop before you, right? We were, a few stops like before Florida, before Louisiana, before, um, see, Montgomery. <laughs> I mean, we were just um, a couple stops before. It's, it was the same boats and it was the same people. Um, that's why, I mean, I have cousins all over the U.S. because families were separated one brother was left on such and such island and the sister was sent to another island or to Alabama or Mississippi. I mean, like it's, we're really the same people coming from the exact same place. We were just separated. So yeah, I mean, it was just like the U.S. Now the system um, locally the systems because they were different for you know all the territories that were impacted by colonialism and slavery um, from the Caribbean to, to South America to North America um, it was different everywhere um, now the, the the systems were um, were a little different and for for example in the Caribbean we were the majority in terms of numbers I mean I'm talking about black people we were the majority but the power was still the same, right? Now that numeric majority changed the dynamic a little bit. It led maybe to a little more paranoia. You know, they were more, more afraid of revolts. But, but it was still like violence, just, just unspeakable violence and the same, um, 
that's just 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 the same way of handling people like animals right like property and that leaves a mark on a people because when that you know when you create when you create a society based on violence and you have that system going on for centuries it becomes culture it really becomes culture um, the power imbalance the or the power structure that becomes part of the culture colorism is culture right um, all of that and um, the way black men are um, expected to be brutes the way black men are expected to be powerful and yet expected to also manage that power make it look small and meek in the presence of whiteness um, that leaves a mark right the way black women are expected to be feminine and soft but at the same time no you also need to be a brute because you have to work as much as you know black men and don't be too soft because if you're too soft you're fast because you know what happens if you're pretty if you're desirable right that leaves a mark if you're poor after um you know after emancipation you're black dark skin you're poor living like deep deep in the countryside and your family like barely has access to books so you're not really considered um with respect people look down on you and your whole family that leaves a mark right that really leaves a mark and i'm saying all of this to say I'm saying all of this not to get into my family business. <laughs> I'm being like super vague. Um, well, that's not, it's not that vague. I'm making it actually a little more universal. That's the thing. And really what I'm doing is I am placing my family within um, the context of, of a system. Of a system that is impacting all of us. And of course, it's impacting different people differently based on the access they have to certain things. For example, on my dad's side, which is a little more, well, historically, they're a little more bougie, right? Um, they had access to land and they, they had been free people for centuries, actually. Yeah, centuries. Well, on, the, on, on different branches of my dad's side, um, like we've been in Guadeloupe for like the very beginning of, of colonization. So in the mid, early, mid 1600s, my dad's family, branches of my dad's families have, have, have been present. So yeah, it's been, it's been a while. <laughs> and, um, and they've had a little more time to um, gain access to money, to land, and relative power, 
and I'm really seeing relative because they were people of color. And um, that also comes with limitations. On my mom's side, it was historically enslaved people, right? Um, except like, yeah, that there's one where it's not like, everything's not for certain, but um, it was enslaved people. That tells you something about their access to land and power and money, um, which was inexistent. So, yeah, yeah, my, my family, um, my parents came to this earth with uh, a certain amount of trauma. If my father were to get diagnosed, let's say he would be the type of person who would get very angry and who would absolutely ignore everybody else's pain. And, um, you know, you know, you know where I'm going, right? The, the type of person who is happy for you as long as it makes him proud of himself, even if it's not the person who got you where you are, right? Um, like, yeah, y'all know. I don't want to say the word. <laughs> I don't want to say the word because it's loaded. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, that, that, that is based in abuse. Um, that is not necessarily based in my identity as a trans woman. Although as a trans woman, he's had questions about, um, um, me having a child even through adoption. Um, you know, so his name could live on, right? Um, because my brother has a daughter um, who's probably, you know, if she one day gets married then, uh, and has children with, with a man, um, then, you know, that the, the, the name will be gone. And my oldest sister has children, but then they're boys, but they have their dad's name. So, so he was asking me <laughs> since I was, um, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking because I was in relationship. I wasn't when I still am with the same person, um, in a relationship with a man who would probably want the children to have his name as well. So I don't know. But anyway, that was a concern of his, but, and that's, that's one of the concerns, um, about my transness. Um, but I feel like our relationship is not really impacted by that. It's really impacted by, um, yeah, by his expectations for himself. It's not, like his children are just um, extensions of himself. And where I, I do see the impact of my transness on my relationship with my dad is with 
the rest of the family, like his cousins and stuff. I believe he's embarrassed. Like he he can be with me, walk around with me, be, you know, talk with me and all of that. But he is like I can see that he doesn't really want me to talk to his cousins who used to know me like a long ass time ago. Um he's not Not that he, he's ashamed of me. That's not how I see it, but that's not how I understand it. But he doesn't want to be answering questions. And and it's not for the fact that I'm trans. More for the fact that because it is a queerphobic society, he doesn't want the queerphobia to reflect on him. Does that make sense? Because for a person who sees the world as themselves, you know, with themselves at the center. <laughs> it's about how will it impact me, right? And that's what I see. So it's not like, oh, damn, I have a, like, a, a, a little trans thing in my family. It's not really that. It's like, how will it impact the way people talk about me, the way people view me, the way people see my contribution to the world. I think that's more what it is. And of course, I can still be um, linked to, not linked, I mean, it is linked to transphobia and queerphobia in general. Um, but that's, it's more like, okay, how will queerphobia affect my thing over here. That's what I see with him. On the other hand, though, my mom is like, <laughs> F all of them. <laughs> if they have a problem, then they have a problem, because I don't. But with my mom, though, I feel like there's more of a concern a concern for my safety, also an awareness of the queerphobia. Um, and of course, yeah, that because that's where the concern comes from. So, yeah, there's this thing where she, like, and we were in, she, we were in the U.S. and she was like, oh, you're making too many hand gestures. I'm like, what the hell? Like, where did that come from? Like, she, like, girl, you've been seeing me as I am for years, like 20 years, <laughs> 20 years at this point. Uh, I can understand that at first it wasn't weird for you and maybe you didn't get it really. And maybe you wanted to, tr you wanted to like, like make me not too visible so that, you know, I could remain safe. But it's been a while now, like, come on. So what's, what, what's your problem? And here again, I know, I, I understand that it's not, um, it's not a criticism of womanhood. 
although there's a lot of, of, of men of my womanhood and and there's a lot of misogyny to unpack with uh, <laughs> with my entire family and with my mom in particular because you know um we we have some discussions so there's a lot of of misogyny internalized misogyny and to unpack and to discuss with her and that may be coming from that too but i think it's mostly a thing about concern um yeah other than that i mean with my mother the issue really is the issues are coming from her education as a poor um dark black woman right um from um, like deep deep in the countryside who was poor who um was despised whose family was not the family but like her her mother was super poor her parents were super poor um there were aunts and uncles who were a little better off, but um, my grandmother, her mother, had a lot of kids and uh, was the youngest of her family and the poorest. And she, you know, was disabled too. So, yeah, that 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 was a lot. And she, my mother. Um, turned out like super rebellious and a fighter and um, um, but still I can still see this the little girl the little black girl the little poor black girl from the countryside who was despised and who people told you are never going to be nothing right you are nothing you're never going to be anything I can still see that little girl sometimes when she doesn't even realize that this little girl is out. Um, and I, I really wish that it, it's something that we could heal together. Um, like the, the trip we took to the U.S. To, um, together was a little bit a part of that for me. Um, and yeah, I, I just wanna, I just wanna see my people free, and I wanna see my parents free before they go. Um, I have no hopes um, for my dad because, yeah, yeah, the, the people who center themselves in everything do not. Um, do not have the capability of putting distance between them and what what affects them in order to you know think about it and um and actually like remove the ego from the situation um it's not possible so i can't hope for that but with my mom i i really hope you know that things no, and I see it sometimes, like things to touch her, like after a conversation, like maybe she will, um, 
she'll think about it like on the spot she'll be like she'll get she'll get mad she <laughs> she's a, a she's small but she's a ball of fire and she'll get super mad and then like a couple of days later you'll notice a little a little a little word a little something so i still have hope anyway i don't want to get like too deep into the business of my family um again i love them um i just recognize where you know different things historically have affected us and and how um yeah how that you know affects the the way we interact with each other and how our love may show up differently even though we absolutely deeply love each other so tell me about your mommy and your daddy what they say about you being a trans person what they say about you i want to know everything tell me um how is your relationship with them do you have a relationship with them and what are your expectations your hopes for that relationship let me know let me know just email me you know how to do it um all the links are in the description and uh yeah or on the website you know fgmpa.com and click on the contact button or link whatever it's in there and yeah let me know again share this podcast um support 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 a share is a support a five-star review is definitely <laughs> support um much love to you and i'll talk to you very soon Bye-bye.